Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's edition of JM Rewind, where we get an opportunity to uh, listen into some of the wonderful uh, discussions, interviews we've had on JM and the AM over the last couple of weeks. Right, Menachem Schrader, who is the founding director of JLIC, uh, which has uh, amazing couples all over college campuses in the United States and now Israel as well. He joined me for a look at their uh, past 18 years. I should say their first 18 years. Rabbi Menachem Schrader on this edition of JM Rewind here at the Nachum Siegel Network. Um, well, I think everybody who's a regular listener of this broadcast knows what I think of JLIC, the Jewish Learning Initiative on Campus, that the OU has done a remarkable job with. I mean, just incredible uh, what they've done. I didn't realize that JLIC is already 18 years old and that its founder is somebody that I am proud to call Rebbe, Uh, somebody who has such a youthful disposition, no one would believe that he was my Rebbe about 40 years ago. Uh, Joining us is the founder of the OU, JLIC, founding director, Rabbi Menachem Schrader. Rabbi Schrader, welcome to JM in the AM. Thank you, Menachem. Great to speak with you. So so what happened 18 years ago? It was you or someone else? Who started the conversation that there has to be a presence of couples on campus to help Jewish students around this country? I was teaching at the time at Yeshivat HaMistar, and just from the students who were coming and going, going primarily from secular university campuses, it became clear that we, they were coming from very little in terms of uh, community and infrastructure, and then we would give them a tremendous jolt for as long as they would be in yeshiva, for a year, for two years, for six months, whatever it would be, and then we would send them back, and there was a, a deep, deep feeling that we were sending them back to nowhere. So I started getting in touch with the Orthodox Union and with Hillel, and uh, we came up with the idea of developing a program whereby we would send Torah educator couples to the various campuses around North America and other places where many Orthodox Jews go to study, and we would help them with creating a community that would be led by this Torah educator couple. You know, it has to be a couple because all of these campuses are co-educational. There are men, there are women. The men need a man to, uh, as a personal example, the women need a woman. And we want them to be married to each other to present to them what we are hoping for these students in the not too distant future, Bezrat Hashem. And uh, we would place them on the campuses within the context of the ILO. We're not interested in competing with anybody, Chas Shalom. And uh, we would have the use of the Hill building, and uh, and uh, we would be available, of course, for all students. And uh, and we are. But in particular, with a, a, a Torah message and with a Torah community around which many students would uh, would participate and become an important part of. What and was, uh, what, what was Hashem, the... we started on the three campuses, four campuses, and today we're on 22 campuses in North America and one in Eretz Israel. What was the first one? What was the? I know you started with three. What was what was the very first? Do you remember? The first was Brandeis and Yale and Cornell. We were, we went to all three of them the same year, and uh, thank God uh, where we continue to be at these campuses, 
as well as at another 20. Thank God. Is it hard to find these couples? And I ask it like that because I've met some of them uh, in person. Others we've discussed, uh, you know, JLIC with on the air. And it seems that they are really extra special, really dedicated to the cause, extremely uh, uh, loving of the students that they're that they're caring for. Is, is it hard to find the personnel? We we work very hard to find them. We're in touch with many yeshivot and uh, with all sorts of other uh, institutions, and uh, in, we, there's a very uh, very strong interview process. Uh, there, we have our own interviews. They're interviewed also by the the students and by the hill they're going to they're going to be going to. And uh, thank God we're we've been extremely happy with the results. As you've already indicated, we have an outstanding group. We, we, we have 23 couples plus the 24th couple because at University of Maryland we actually have two couples. Oh. And uh, they're all outstanding each in their own way. And, uh, and we have supplementary to our educators as well on a number of campuses uh, because of the tremendous size of the Orthodox community. Baruch Hashem, yom yom. Rabbi Menachem Schrader is with us, founder of the OUJLIC. Uh, that we've been lauding for years here at JM and the AM. Uh, who prepares the couples? You know, now on college campuses, aside from, you know, Kashrus and, and Philance and, and Torah study, which, I, of course, you know, are, are basics that couples like this would help to encourage, supervise, and, and carry out. Uh, but now on campuses, we've got some complicated issues, whether it's BDS, whether it's uh, uh, anti-Semitism, whether it's a, a rise in the white supremacist movement that we just read about last week in the Jerusalem Post article on so many campuses in the United States. There, there are bigger issues that, that need to either be addressed or need to at least be familiar with. Who prepares these couples for the experience on campus? Every summer we get together all the new Torah educators and uh, a good portion of the old ones. And uh, we we meet with them uh, intensively for several days. Every winter, we have a four-day conference uh, in, in which uh, one of the days is Shabbos, in which we we all get together, all the couples as well as the national staff. We we talk, we discuss, we bring them lecturers, we uh, we bring in OU personnel, both professional and lay leaders, and uh, and you know they're on top of everything. As it should be, and uh, you know we we're willing to showcase them all. Thank God. Would you agree that campus life is very complicated in the United States these days? There's no question that campus life is complicated. What's the most complicated thing about it, though, is that we develop and and educate uh, our talmidim, our children, within a communal context. They've been going to uh, nursery school through 12th grade in Shomer Shabbos uh, institutions, where almost all the students are Shomer Shabbos as well. The food that they eat, both at home and at any of their friends' house, uh, is all glad kosher. They go to summer camps where davening takes place with Seba three times a day, where there's at least an hour learning, and many of them go to Kololim during the summer in their teenage years. And uh, and on and on and on. When parents go on vacations, they frequently go to a glad kosher hotel somewhere with a lot of other Orthodox couples. There, there's sort of no end to the. On the one hand, they're open to everything. You know, they, they 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 see everything, they watch everything, they hear everything. But at the same time, there is somehow a glass bubble that surrounds them within this context. Then 
they go to Eretz Yisrael and they get extremely excited about Torah and about mitzvahs, and then many of them come back and go to secular university. This is their choice, and that many of them have uh, important reasons for doing so. And and the bubble is gone. And where is the kehillah? Where is the tzibur? We are your friends. We are all those people who have been uh, protecting you, in effect, uh, within the context of Torah Judaism. And it's not that we want to isolate them from the, the wider American community. Chas v'shalom. Uh, you know, we're, we're part of uh, whatever country we live in, and we're, uh, we, 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 we appreciate that, and we're patriotic, and, uh, and it, it's great. But we need our own chevra, we need our own seber, we need our own community, we need our own kehillah. And uh, it has to be with leadership. And uh, the husband-wife team of, uh, of JLIC uh, is that Torah leadership within each campus. You know, I, I admire the way you just put that. Um, I'm going to say it a little differently, and maybe it'll sound more harsh. But, <laughs> but, but parents don't realize, and I now have just so people understand the context, I now have four kids in college. Wow. And parents out there do not realize, and certainly students don't, but I don't know if I would expect them to, parents don't realize that very often, and I'll use the words very often, we are taking a 20-year massive investment. And I'm talking about a massive investment of money, a massive investment of of supervision and and of and of uh, uh, infusion of values, and certainly Torah study and the Torah way of life—a twenty-year investment—and in some cases, many of which I know personally, in a matter of weeks, on a secular campus, that investment is completely gone. So you know there are cases where Hashem that can happen, and we're certainly there to prevent or at least encourage that that not take place. But probably if that does happen, there was some problem all along that we're not, uh, we're not on top of and that uh, we have to be working on really to become on top of. But what, what's crucial here is that if a, 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 a boy or a girl walks into second university, basically a Bentorah, Basically, a Shomer Mitzvah, a Shomer Shabbos, a Shomer Kasher, someone who davens every day, someone who puts on tefillin every day, someone who, who dresses Sanua and has limitations in terms of what they do with uh, someone of the other sex. They, uh, they, they, uh, they need to feel that they're not alone. They need to feel that they're part right. of a group. Right. And, and we are, uh, you know, working towards for forming that group on each and every campus. And Baruch Hashem has been tremendous success in doing that. Boy, parents must be indebted to you, I can tell you that much. Uh, Rabbi Menachem Schrader is with us. I should mention, <laughs> since it's one of the reasons we asked them uh, to come aboard this morning, uh, that now that they're in their 18th high year, OUJLIC, which was created to bring Torah educator couples to college campuses and create this personal and spiritual infrastructure that Rabbi Schrader has uh, uh, beautifully described, um, they are looking to bring a Megillah in honor of the 18th year. They are looking to bring a Megillah to each of the college campuses for this coming Purim. And they're asking everybody out there, especially those who feel indebted, and there are many parents out there, to the work of JLIC, uh, to join in honoring the past, celebrating the present, and getting excited about more of the future. 
by dedicating a part in a Megillah on campus. You can make the dedication at org slash Megillah. There is an H at the end of that. That's O-U dot, excuse me, org slash Megillah. Uh, there are different levels, of course, of uh, contribution, all the way from an $18 letter to an $18,000 Megillah that you may want to give to your child's college campus. And they thank you very much for considering it. Again, it's uh, org slash Megillah. And Rabbi Schrader, I would assume that this, like all of the fundraising efforts, will simply just go to adding and enhancing the JLIC experience on college campuses around the country. Absolutely. Of course, this is a fundraising uh, effort on our part. Sure. But we, uh, it is it, very special that each one of our campuses is going to own its own Megillah that will be sponsored, and, and that will have a Megillah case, which you can sponsor, and, or you can sponsor a Perek or a column of Hamelech or a Yad or Megillah clip or a letter for $18. It, it, it's uh, whatever anyone can contribute to this. It, it's, as as uh, Rav Nachum explained before, it, there, there, it's really a continuation of Torah education into the, the educational professional era where, you know, it's, it's just a fact most, the great majority of uh, Orthodox, modern Orthodox students are going to uh, universities. They're, they're secular universities, and we are there to help them along in their Torah dedication, in Talmud Torah, in Shmirat Satorah, in every possible way. And they do such a good job at it. I, I've met them personally. I'm always uh, fascinated by these couples. They're doing such a good job at it. Rabbi Schrader, continued success. It's really an amazing program. Amen. Uh, the, the, the numbers and the expansion you know, is testimony to the incredible uh, work of the JLIC. And uh, kudos to you and the OU and everybody who's involved, the couples, of course. Anybody out there would like to contribute, be part of this as we get closer and closer to Purim, be part of the effort to get every campus a, a brand-new Megillah. And uh, with that, you'll be supporting the incredible work of JLIC. The easiest method is org slash Megillah. org slash Megillah. Rabbi Schrader, to you and everybody out there in uh, Israel, we say a happy Purim to you and continued success with JLIC. Uh, man, thanks for Great talking to you again. A pleasure. I'm Anachem Schrader, who I am proud to call Rebbe, and uh, I am proud to have here discussing one of my favorite topics on JM and the AM. That was my conversation with Rabbi Anachem Schrader, founding director of JLIC. Rabbi Tzachi Diamond joined me recently from Ezra Academy. They have their massive dinner coming up, 50th anniversary in honor of Rabbi Freilich and Mrs. Hirschman this coming Saturday night. Rabbi Diamond joined me to discuss the historic dinner about Ezra Academy. Uh, here it is, that conversation on the Nachum Single Network on JM Rewind. Uh, many of you uh, in this audience, I would bet, have heard of Ezra Academy. Ezra Academy, as, um, as Mishpacha Magazine put it recently, half a century after founding Ezra Academy, outreach pioneer by Eli Freilich still knows the language of the heart. When it comes to Ezra Academy... Uh, that name, that school name, and the name Rabbi Freilich are synonymous. And they have a major event coming up on February the 17th. And I, can, I, cannot, I cannot encourage everybody out there enough to be there on Saturday night, February the 17th at 9 p.m. at the Michele Elagio, if I, if I have that pronounced properly. It's in Elmhurst, New York. 
as they pay tribute 50th annual dinner of Ezra Academy, uh, which is in Forest Hills, New York, and has been doing amazing work for half a century. Rabbi Tzachi Diamond, who's a Rebbe at the Yeshiva and uh, directs uh, the development department at Ezra Academy, is with us live via telephone as we get ready for the 50th annual dinner on February the 17th. Rabbi Diamond, welcome to JM in the AM. Thank you, thank you. Am I right that the name Ezra Academy and the name Rabbi Freilich are synonymous, are essentially intertwined? 100% correct. Pretty amazing what he's done over half a century, huh? Yeah. What what was the what, what was the thinking in the early days? I mean, this is in Queens. This is a uh, a school that's known for its amazing kira of efforts. Uh, what was the situation in the 1960s that Rabbi Freilich decided to embark on this? And so I believe it was a little before my time, but I believe in uh, 1968 uh, there was a public school strike, um, and uh, it was an opportunity to to try to reach out to a lot of the Jewish neshamas, a lot of the Jewish children who were in public school, um, not receiving any education due to the strike, and uh, to be able to try to educate them um, both in secular studies, but but especially in in the Jewish studies, which they were missing out on. Now, I would assume that there's a good chance that there are some Ezra Academy graduates listening into this broadcast right now. Wouldn't wouldn't we suspect with the thousands that they've had over 50 years? Uh, yeah, a safe bet. As a safe bet is right. And uh, you're paying tribute. The 50th annual dinner, which is happening on the 17th of February, not only will pay tribute to the school, to Ezra Academy, but you've chosen some interesting and worthwhile honorees. Tell our audience who you're going to be honoring on the 17th of February. Well, the honorees are uh, Rabbi Eli Freilich, who is the dean um, and founder uh, of Ezra Academy in, in 1968. He's been there from day one, and he's still every day um, leading, leading us. And, um, and also Mrs. Fran Hirschman, who is the principal for the past 34 years. Wow. Um, so they're going to be the two honorees, and um, not only because that they, they showed us, but they, also, they both come from similar backgrounds to many of our students. So they still, to this very day, are able to relate to each and every one of our students. You know, this is an era where people tend to move around a lot in the field of Jewish education. You stay somewhere for five years, people start getting suspicious. How How is it that they've put together three, four, five decades? Um, it, it's, it's amazing. Uh, but uh, <laughs> they come in every day. They love what they do. They, they relate well to the children and the students and even the faculty. And uh, it just a, it's a testament to, to the the beauty of what's going on at Ezra Academy that people can stay there for for fifty years. Something. What is the makeup of the yeshiva now? I mean, kids are coming from what backgrounds, from what neighborhoods? How would you describe the way the school is in twenty eighteen? Uh, so in twenty eighteen, we're, we're catering to um, many different demographics. There's a large population of Bukharian students. Uh, we have also some Ashkenaz. Um, uh, we're open to everybody. We have many students who come in from public school still. Uh, and we try to cater to each, each student. Uh, everyone's background's a little different, but uh, we, we cater to each student according to their, their needs. I wonder, I don't know what Roy Freilich would answer to this, and you might have some insight because you speak to him often enough, I'm sure. I wonder if it's more difficult now to convince the public school kids and parents to make the switch to a yeshiva than it was 50 years ago. you have any insight into that, how difficult that process is these days? Um, I'm not sure how much more difficult it is now versus then in regards to public school. There's definitely more obstacles and challenges in general, uh, as, as, as every school would probably uh, have to deal with. 
Um, but there, there are many, many students. There are many more that we can reach out to in public schools. But there, there are many students who come eagerly and, and willingly and happy. And, uh, and socially, it, it, it's a huge draw. Uh, students often say because their friends are here, they want to be here also. They yeah. see how much uh, how, how much warmth there is and how beautiful it is. So that's so that's a strong draw that we have e- even today with the challenges. Rabbi Tzachi Diamond's with us. He's a Rebbe at Ezra Academy and directs their development department. The dinner is the seventeenth of February. I can only imagine. First of all, how's the dinner doing? Has there been a decent response so far? Uh, yeah, it's been a beautiful response. Um, I mean, every year we have a nice response, but I think even more so this year, being that it's 50 years, you look back and see it, see how beautiful it is to see an organization in the, in the school survive that long, uh, especially when you have on the like light, Rabbi Freilich and Mrs. Hirschman, people want to show Hakar Satov and say thank you for for the, the life lessons and, and whatever else they've taken and gained from Academy. Yeah, no question about it. You know, I love promoting proven commodities. I love when we can get on the air and say, you know, if they've been doing it for 50 years and the sacrifice that public school parents have to make to send their kids to yeshiva, excuse me, send their kids to yeshiva, which I'm sure, you know, le- leads Rabbi Freilich and uh, Mrs. Hirschman to give very generous scholarships, I would assume, because after all, you're competing with free public school. So as a proven commodity in terms of the way they do this, I, I would say this is a very worthwhile cause for people really around the world, but certainly uh, locally in New York, to support. So everybody out there, the Ezra Academy Annual Dinner, whether you can make it or not, is happening on February the 17th in Queens. Uh, it starts at 9 p.m., and we do encourage you to be there. By Freilich and Mrs. Hirschman deserve that. But if you're not able to be there, or if you never heard of Ezra Academy until now, it is a worthwhile institution to support because they literally are making sure that young people in our community are not going to be spending their time in public school, but instead will be spending time in yeshiva with people like Rabbi Diamond and others. How do people support the cause? What's the easiest way to be part of the 50th annual dinner? Well, you can you can email us. Um... To, to respond or to, to contribute towards the dinner, uh, Ezra Dinner 68, Ezra Dinner 68 at gmail.com. Um, or you can just call the school. Um, can, there are many, many different ways. I'm sure everybody here has, knows somebody who's, um, who's been affected or, or life has been changed by the dinner. So we would we'd love for as many people, uh, like you said, even those who have not attended Ezra Academy. Um, to to reach out and help us celebrate this this beautiful milestone. Ezra Dinner six eight at gmail dot com. Ezra Dinner E Z R A Dinner six eight at gmail dot com. Well worth the contribution, everybody. I'm telling you now. Seven one eight two six three five five zero zero. Again, that's seven one eight two six three five five zero zero. Listen to Rabbi Diamond's. Uh, uh, directive. He's right. Everybody out there uh, likely either knows somebody or has heard of somebody or certainly is familiar with the work of Ezra Academy. And chances are you've met Rabbi Freilich, whose name is uh, quite appropriate. He is one of the most Freilich and wonderful, uh, upbeat people you'll ever meet. Um, so with all of that in mind, try your hardest to support the Ezra Academy annual dinner coming up on the 17th of February, 9 p.m., Queens, New York. All the additional information at 718 268 Six five five zero seven one eight two six eight six five five zero Ezra Dinner six eight at gmail dot com E Z R A Dinner six eight at gmail dot com and by the way Rabbi um, Rabbi Diamond uh, I mentioned earlier about you know that some of the people at Ezra have been there a long time 
It brings to mind my friend Rabbi Moshe Zucker, who also has put in what close to four decades over there at the Ezra Academy. Uh, yeah, yeah, pretty amazing. Right. I don't know what it is in this era of everybody moving around that you guys are able to hold on to people, but you've done a pretty good job at it. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it just shows what uh, how how mystic and how beautiful it is. Things are, are at Ezra Academy. Uh, people love being there, and uh, they don't want to leave. Yeah, even the faculty. Look, the reputation certainly precedes the school and precedes this conversation. All right, uh, any other information you want to give us? Anything you want to add to today's conversation? Uh, we just love to uh, to see a warm response, um, a warm warm evening of, of celebrating with Rabbi Freilich, Mrs. Hirschman, and um, it's also celebrating with the the hundreds and thousands of lives that, that have been affected by the fifty years of Ezra Academy. We'd love to see everybody um, participate with us. There are a lot of generations that are now dedicated to our heritage because of the work that's been done over the last 50 years. Can't deny that. There are Jewish families that are completely dedicated to our tradition because of what Ezra Academy has done. Many of them have, have gone into into education themselves uh, right. based off of what they've, what they've gained from Ezra. Also amazing. All right. We wish you the best of luck. I really, really, really want to see this be a major success for my Freilich. Mrs. Hirschman, they deserve it. The school deserves it. Uh, I remember the days when I first started in this industry when the yeshiva was still, you know, 10, 15 years old. Everybody was wondering if it could survive. Very challenging times uh, and very difficult hurdles that to overcome. And now 50 years later, like I say, look what they've done. Just amazing. Ezra Academy's annual dinner, Saturday night, February the 17th. Everyone respond, please, nicely by um, by emailing Ezra Dinner 68 at gmail.com, E-Z-R-A-Dinner, 68 at gmail.com. You can also call the school and get your reservations in for the dinner. Whether you can make it or not, make a reservation. 718-263-5500. Again, that's 718-263-5500. Rabbi Diamond, your last, my last request of you is to give the warmest of regards to Rabbi Freilich and Mrs. Hirschman, please. Well done. Thank you. A pleasure. Good luck with the dinner. That was my conversation with Rabbi Tzachi Diamond of Ezra Academy. Rabbi Menken joined us from Baltimore, Maryland, to talk about a petition, an online petition regarding the Kotel Amaravi, the Western Wall. Um, pay careful attention. You very well might want to uh, log on and sign up for that petition. Here's that conversation on this edition of JM Rewind at the Nachum Siegel Network. Rabbi Yaakov Menken is with us live via telephone. He is managing director of the Coalition for Jewish Values. Uh, the Coalition has a bunch of information online. We'll give you the reference website in a moment. Plus, there's a petition that I think a lot of our listeners would be very interested in. Rabbi Yaakov Menken, Managing Director of the Coalition for Jewish Values. Welcome to JM in the AM. Good morning. How are you? Pleasure to speak with you. Let's start with what is the Coalition for Jewish Values? The Coalition for Jewish Values has a vision that Every policymaker and Americans at large should know what Jews feel the actual Jewish values are, as in those Jews who are faithful to Torah and tradition and are tired of hearing uh, Judaism misrepresented in the media. Interesting. Give me a good example of that. Um, well, uh, for delicate ears, <laughs> you can barely say, but uh, the uh, open advocacy of the reform movement for the redefinition of marriage, for one example. Right, that's one example. So the efforts of the Coalition for Jewish Values is to make it known to everyone, essentially, 
what the core Jewish value is in that category, what what Judaism, biblical Judaism, really believes regarding that area of life. Would that be a good explanation? Very, very much so. There is a disturbing trend to believe that Judaism essentially is liberalism, that every liberal idea is adopted by the Jews, quote-unquote, because Reform and Conservative continue to speak for us. Right, yeah, and I, I, don't think, I don't think it's limited to them. I think secular Jews as well try to pass off certain things as, as authentically Jewish or traditionally Jewish, and, you know, essentially they're representing their own agenda as opposed to, you know, our tradition, so to speak, right? Absolutely. Tell me about the petition that people can find online at coalitionforjewishvalues.org. Well, one effort of the Reform Movement is to make changes in Israel. They've, uh, reform has had disastrous consequences in the United States. Now they want to take their agenda over to Israel and change how marriage and divorce and everything else are done over there. And they are starting at the Western Wall, demanding a, a larger space for prayer that they would never use. You can't find a Reform temple in America that has, you know, it's, it's difficult to find a weekly Sabbath chakras, much less a weekday morning service. Yet they want to have a space of equal prominence with the traditional space at the Western Wall, uh, basically coercing the government of Israel to change the way Judaism is done at the Western Wall as kind of a starter for everything else. He started for recognition. They're only doing it for recognition. They're not doing it because of usage. And the Coalition for Jewish Values would say that that effort is against a core Jewish value. Uh, Absolutely. And the goal of the petition is simply to say we revere traditional prayer at the Western Wall and don't want changes made at the Western Wall for political reasons rather than genuine need, genuine usage. The government apparently has already said we're going to start constructing, I'm sorry, has already started the process of constructing what they're now calling a permanent platform to replace the Ezrat Yisrael platform built by Naftali Bennett a few years ago. The thing about the Ezrat Yisrael platform is that it's a great place to hold a private bar mitzvah, for example, when you want the women to, to hear. You put up a mechitza there and you can have a, uh, a wonderful little bar mitzvah service because the otherwise the space is entirely empty. The reform movement, conservative movement, women of the wall, etc., have never filled the space, not once. And yet they are demanding a larger one. Now, how, how can they, that, that's pure politics. There's no legitimate need there. In fact, there was an uh, Israeli who thought about it himself and shot video in Shiva Sarbatamuz last year, standing in Ezra Yisrael platform, noticing that on Shiva Sarbatamuz, the Tainus, there was nobody there. How what's the reaction been to the petition so far? Do you have a number of do you have a number for us in terms of how many people around the world have uh, have chimed in on it? It's in the thousands. Nice. Uh, it's in the thousands, and it has people from all over the world, not just the United States, but Mexico, Great Britain, Brazil, Portugal, Spain, uh, even the Slovak Republic. <laughs> yeah, really. The so pe- uh, people all over the world are responding to it. But this is something that every from person, in fact, every person who reveres Jewish tradition can join in, and we're looking for them. The petition is easy to find. Go to our website. Uh, the URL for all information about us is cjvalues.org, C as in coalition, J as in Jewish, values, 
spelled out, plural, .org. And then uh, the, the link to the Kotel petition is actually front and center on the website. Yeah, we have it at coalitionforjewishvalues.org. It's right. Men can just mention cjvalues.org. cjvalues.org is an e- even easier and shorter way to access it. Once you get there, you'll see at the top of the page, one people, one land, one wall, and an opportunity to click and sign the petition. The Coalition for Jewish Values, the largest rabbinic public policy organization in America, articulates and advocates for public policy positions based upon traditional Jewish thought. Uh, have the, the effort to grow your organization, has that gone well? Are you hearing from uh, rabbis, uh, uh, observant rabbis, and traditional rabbis from around the country who want to join in? We have a rabbinic circle that already has hundreds of rabbis in it from literally all over the country. And we certainly welcome more to apply to join. They receive a special weekly bulletin from Rabbi Avram Gordimer, who is the chairman of our rabbinic circle. Uh, he does a wonderful rabbi's roundup of uh, relevant Jew- Jewish news and information, uh, almost as good as listening to JM in the AM. Nice. And Sorry, just a little plug there. I love and, it. <laughs> Um, I should mention we get a happy birthday because our domain name was read that CJ Values, uh, sorry, Coalition for Jewish Values dot org came first, and that was registered a year ago today. Ah, nice progress, interesting. Rap- and, yeah. So yeah, it has. It really has been a wonderful journey. Uh, there's been a lot of wonderful reaction. Uh, the Christian community, which is the biggest supporters of Israel in this country is especially disturbed by the idea that, that all the Jews are liberals. And for, for them, this is like a welcome breath of fresh air. And for the Frum community, it's a welcome breath of fresh air because somebody's actually standing up and speaking for our values in a way that our community's advocacy organizations for community needs, if your interests are school busing and Social security, etc. You can't say how you think on a lot of issues that will offend certain liberal lawmakers. So we have the opportunity to kind of step in to avoid and be the uh, the plausible deniability for the larger organizations. Sec- check out the cjvalues.org, Coalition for Jewish Values. Org. The petition we mentioned is front and center. Rabbi Yaakov Menken is managing director of the Coalition for Jewish Values. And any information you need, you'll see there online. You can join their mailing list. Plus, of course, you can contact them uh, through the different methods that they recommend on their webpage. Rabbi Menken, Big Yashikach, continued success with the petition. And thanks so much for joining us this morning. Uh, absolutely. If I could, I would sure. just like to mention the other officers of the organization because there's a national spread to this, which comes through when you Rabbi Pesach Lerner, who was with Young Israel for decades, is the president of the organization. Rabbi Yol Schoenfeld is the vice president, and the eastern and western uh, regional directors are Rabbi Stephen Przanski and Rabbi Doe Fisher, respectively. So we really do have a delightful cross-section of the Orthodox community across the United States standing behind this organization. Well, with that list, I'm sure you've made a lot of people in this audience even more comfortable. There's some very, very prominent rabbis from our community on that, and I appreciate you mentioning that. Continued success, Rabbi Menken, and thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you. Have a great day. My thanks to Rabbi Menken for joining us uh, regarding the uh, online petition about the Western Wall, the Kotel Amaravi. Yaakov Berg, the uh, winemaker from Israel, Psagot, Psagot Winery, he joined us uh, recently during his visit to New York during KFWE to discuss the Psagot Winery and their incredible wines. 
Here is that conversation. Yaakov Berg of Psagot with us on this edition of JM Rewind at the Nahum Siegel Network. Yaakov Berg is with us live in studio, the CEO of the Psagot Winery in Israel. We've been there. It is not only a great winery, it is one of the most beautiful areas in the state of Israel. Yaakov Berg, shalom. Welcome to JM in the AM. Shalom, shalom, and good morning. Great to have you here. Thank you. I mean, you know that when I'm in the city, I'm happy to come. Right, it's, that's true. <laughs> yeah. I mean, sometimes I'm embarrassed because I think you know about Israel a, bit, a little bit better than I know. But however, I will try my best, you know. Uh, all right, a couple of things. First of all, last night, KFWE, from the perspective of one of the um, uh, winemakers, of one of the wine companies, what is it like when you see so many people come around, taste your wine, many of them for the very first time, and give you reaction to what they've tasted? I must say that every year I surprise more. It's it, it's unbelievable because, because, I mean, in the beginning I thought, what's the big deal? Right. You've been last year, why you need to come? And I, I mean, next <laughs> this year too, it's unbelievable what's going on. People are really uh, into wine. And I must say that that change, it's happened in, let's say, 10 years, right. not more than 10 years. 10 years ago, you tried to organize such an event in New York City. I don't think you can do that. Nobody will attend. It's not going to be so successful. But really, so it's a huge change. Uh, we open ourselves to new uh, people. Uh, you can see their young uh, guys, you can see there, you know, uh, people uh, above 60, so it's really it's really great. It's unbelievable. Yeah, last night's crowd, by the way, I mean, there were, as you point out, people over 60, but it was overwhelmingly young. Yes. There was a lot of people who are, uh, you know, it's funny, because we've been told, because of the business that we're in, we've been told about the direction that uh, fancy food and wine is going in our industry very, very often. Uh, when we discuss it, it talks about the more right-wing world, the more Haredi world, and we do know, it's obvious to anybody, that that world is really gravitating toward good kosher wine and food. But last night, we saw so many different groups, not just that group, but many others, young people from very modern and diverse areas of the Jewish community who are coming forward and uh, and admitting publicly that this is a place they love to be at. This is a, a type of event that they really enjoy. Uh, no doubt, and I, I must say that for me, as an Israeli, it's really special because, you know, in Israel, if you go to a wine event, it can be wine event for, I don't know, the Haredi market, wine right. event to very secular, wine event in Tel Aviv. You know, this is going to be in Tel Aviv. This is going to be in uh, in, in Jerusalem and so on and so Here, everything is so mixed and people are enjoying together. It's, it's something special what you really achieved here. And, I mean, you know, always we're saying the joke when I'm coming to the city I, uh, you know, I can go to a very fancy and nice uh, store, little store in the in the city, and uh, some guy will come usually with a dog and ask you two thousand questions about some wine. And at, at the end, maybe we'll take one bottle of wine. You know, come and we'll pay for it and we'll go. We'll leave. If you go to Brooklyn, you know, uh, usually a very big fat guy will, you know, sit in the car. <laughs> usually, <laughs> usually, usually wouldn't leave his car. You know, open the window. Shot to the to the to the store, you know, manager owner. owner listen, I need the two cases. I have Shabbos with my uh, kids, and I have some some guests. Please give me two cases. We'll take two cases and leave in a minute. So that's sometimes you know the difference. But it's really nice in the show that you can see everybody and try to talk about wine. And you know what? People understand. 
That's oh, yeah, they're getting it. Yaakov Berg is here. He's the CEO of the Psagot Winery in Israel. Is it intimidating? And I know that's not, that's not the right word because I know it's a pleasant experience, but I want your perspective. Is it intimidating being with a lot of other wineries? Is it a is it strange, difficult? Uh, is, does it make for a, an even better show because it's not just you and you're surrounded by so many colleagues uh, during a place uh, during a, an event like last night and during tomorrow night's event in Los Angeles? I must say that I believe that if we, we when I say we, I mean Israel, right. if we want to, that people will notice, people will understand what's going on in Israel, yes, we need to be together. And right. and, and we do a lot of activities, really. I, I walk a lot, a lot of activities in order not to promote Sagot Winery because I think... I don't know how many people care from Sagot Minor. I hope a lot, yes. Oh, yeah. But but I'm saying it's not... But when we, you talk about to the American market, not to the Jewish, uh, specific, maybe, maybe, you know, religious, but no, if you talk to the American market, you need to talk Israel. You need to say Israel because Israel, it's... it's listen, it's... I think it's a very hard brand name today. Right, big category. I mean, it's a big category. Your president mm. talk about Israel almost right. every day, and the vice All president, the base, and the vice president. I mean, yes, don't don't mention him because <laughs> when he came to Israel and we set up with Bibi Netanyahu for dinner, yeah. so our wine that was the wine in in the dinner. That's so of great. course, of course, of course, we like. Yeah, of course, we love him. <laughs> uh, listen, the president didn't drink wine. I don't know if you know right, that. Right, he's, he's not a big wine drinker. No, he, no, he, he swear not to drink. You know, because because his brother story, so he, right. he so he's not drinking any alcohol. Right, and really appreciate that. I think it's a nice right. thing. Although that I would say that alcohol, it's no wine. Yes, right. however, um, but yes, we need to talk about Israel. We need to. Anyway, I will tell you more than that. Everybody talk about the magic that we came back to our homeland. Uh, that's for sure. I think the great, the great magic, the greatness that Kodesh Baruch Hu, uh, did in the last two thousand years. As I we mean, get ready, no for, doubt. As we get ready for Israel seventy, no doubt, exactly, no doubt. But I think people forget the second magic, and this is really unbelievable. And I see it every day in my in in in, in my eyes. It's the magic that the land came back to us. Because think about it. Israel is known like the best wine country in the ancient days. You know, the Roman Caesar, the mm-hmm. king of the Greeks, all of them all took the best wine from Israel. Israel is known. You know, if you look on the Tanakh, everywhere it's... And it's known like that. So what happened? Why for 2,000 years you couldn't find any decent wine from Israel? And it's not that nobody tried. You know, everybody tried. All the empires, all the great empires conquered the land. You know, the Romans, the Greeks, uh, the Egyptians, whatever, everybody, just name it. You know, the British, the Turkish, every, every pops and his army to conquer the land. Mm-hmm. And what, no one of them, nobody been able to settle the land or to, to do something into it. And we believe, you know, that we believe that this is what Kodesh Bochu promised us. Kodesh Bochu promised us that if you're not going to behave, we're going to be kicked out from our homeland. But there will be nobody, nobody that will be able to settle and to and, and, and to have something from it. And this is really, we see it in our own eyes. And, and you must remember, wine, it's not high-tech. Wine, it's, you know, you need to plant, you need mm-hmm. to work hard. It's it's not that... Menial that God Winery did something special. No, it's a blessing that you find it in the land. And we believe that this is, Kodesh Bochu, you know, keep his promise. And when we came back, the land also came back to us. And today, Israel produced the most fine wines that you can find. I mean, 
I mean, there is no doubt. Every, every wine competition, every wine competition that yeah. we send our wine to, we get gold medals. They I mean, it's become well. so easy that we are not send, sending it anymore. Can we, and we'll talk about your wine specifically in a second. And if there's anything, anything brand new for Purim and Pesach, we should mention it. Is there any chance that we'll release a special bottle for Israel 70? Is there any uh, – can we, can we make a special case <laughs> – for <laughs> for Israel seventy. Listen, we're thinking about that. We thought about making a special battle for, you know, Trump declaration right. about Israel. Right. But then we found out that Trump himself has a winery, so it maybe can be <laughs> maybe can be, be it may irritate exactly. <laughs> so so we are very you know so we You're very it, careful exactly. We need to be careful, <laughs> uh, but 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 for sure. I mean, we 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 dream about about it. We love it. We think. I mean that the seventy really the seventy years for for Israel it's unbelievable. We need to do something. It's not just the seventy years for Israel. It's also the fifty. It's the Yovel. It's the Yovel. It's the fifty year for Judea and Samaria and Jerusalem. Your area, of course, my area. Yeah. And uh, listen, I just got a baby that is Brit Mila. Brit Mila. The Brit Mila was in Yom Jerusalem. Wow. So we called him Yovel. We don't have any any. I mean, any choice, just Yovel. So of course, for us this year, it's 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 very special and unbelievable. We are working on something, but it's a uh, oh, yes. I'm I think, glad I asked. Yes, I'm I very think, glad I, I asked. Think, I, I think it's going to be something special. Please let me know about it as soon as possible. The Psygoat Winery, of course, and the Jerusalem Mountain Vineyards, as they promote on their website. All right. Uh, is there, in fact, we'll work our way backwards for a moment. Is there, in fact, anything we need to know before Purim and Pesach of this year? Anything new over the last few months, or should we discuss uh, the classic Psygoat wines I, that we are used to? No, we have. I, I think I would focus about two wines that I think they are very interesting. First of all, the rosé. The rosé become huge, big hit here in the state and actually everywhere. Is it called Psygoat rosé? Yeah, Psygoat rosé. Uh, uh, I love our rosé. I think it's great, but I think also that for the you know Pesach summertime right. is going to. I hope. Summer will come one day to New York, <laughs> uh, my my friends. I hope so. Oh, I hope for come you. On. you I'm not degrees. sure about. <laughs> I'm not sure about it, but let's say I hope so. However, there is no like rosé in in you know in a hot day for lunch. It's it's really great. People, you know, you take it from the from the refrigerator. It's cold. It's great. People, and it's really become. It's become very big. Your first refrigerated wine, right? Psycho yeah. doesn't have wines that are usually refrigerated. Am no, I right? we have white wines that also white that wines also deserve you, to be refrigerated. Yeah, 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 white wines also. But I think rosé is really special because right. it's something like between. It's it's sounds like it's right up my I, alley. I, frankly, I would say yeah, it's between juice and wine. So right. you can you can you can <laughs> like, let's say you can use it both. Okay, and of course we have our uh, we came up with the peak peak you know peak in Hebrew it's psagot it's pisgah it's the right. top of the mountain. P e a k peak. P E A K, yeah, exactly, and we are very proud. It's a very, it's a blend of Syrah, Petit Syrah, Mourvedre. Something is very special for people that looking for, that really into wine already, understand wine, and looking for something very special. I don't think you can find such a wine from Israel. It's this very, is the blend that you're blend. most famous for, right? This, that's the no, one. No, I would say that we are most famous about the Edom. The Edom, it's a that's it's the a blend typical, you're most famous. Yeah, for. it's a typical Bordeaux blend, Cabernet Sauvignon, Merlot, Cabernet Franc, Petit Verdot. But this is a new blend that we came up with. It become very big success. The, you know, it was just released the in the public decanted, when? Yes, the, like about half a year ago. Oh, 
Yeah, uh, the wine new for a lot of people. The, the wine, you know, the decanter, the, the, sure. the big uh, wine competition in, in, in England gave it 95 and the best wine from the region. I don't know what it is the region is, wow. but I think the region, including uh, right. whatever. It's at least the Middle East. <laughs> <laughs> that we know. Exactly. <laughs> maybe even Africa and Europe. Maybe, Who knows? Maybe even Europe. You know, you, I mean, no. So if you say, I mean, Israel, it's, Israel, it's in the border of Africa, right. Asia, and Europe. So, so, maybe, so maybe the region, it's, it's every, you know, most of the world except... <laughs> It's impressive either way. <laughs> Except Australia or America, well, however. But. The two blends you just mentioned, the rosé you just mentioned, are all of them available in the New York and New Jersey area. Yes, yes, yes. Everything. It's our- Have you seen any retailers during this trip or not? Have you visited anybody yet? Sure, sure. Oh, sure. you have? I mean, I, first of all, yesterday, you know, most Oh, they before, come by, right? Yes, before the show, you know, all the retailers, all right. the store owners, the restaurants, you know, they come. We say hello. It's a great opportunity yeah. to thank them. How and many, I'll, how and many? I'll take that opportunity also to thank our customers and, of course, everybody because we, we see a really a big, huge blessing here in the state. And, and we want to thank to the people because it wouldn't happen without you. How many restaurants in New York do you think serve your wine? you have any idea? Uh, or in the United States? I think the kosher restaurant, most of them. Anybody who serves most wine them, has yours. Yes, because we, we produce very high-end mevushal wine. I right. think everyone that's looking for good Mevuchal wine right. and in, in our wines it's very difficult to see the difference between the Mevuchal and not the Mevuchal so yeah I think all of them every decent restaurant uh, carry our wines and also I must say we're into a lot of non-kosher restaurants right. that it's you know it's not easy they want Israeli wine but exactly right. they want that category they want Israeli wine they t- I mean we just need to have them taste it and when they taste it, they will they order. It's not it's not it's not a problem. All right, we have a couple of minutes left. Yaakov Berg is here, Psagot Winery. The website is psagotwines.com, P-S-A-G-O-T wines.com. If you're in LA, you'll be there tomorrow, right? Yeah. If you're in LA, he'll be there tomorrow if you're tuned into our archive. Or if you know someone who's in Los Angeles, you'll be able to see uh, Psagot being represented by uh, uh by Yaakov and his staff, one of the uh, booths, one of the tables at the big tasting at KFWE Los Angeles. Uh, and we should mention, in terms of Israel, a lot of people travel, as you know, between Purim and Pesach to Israel. Your winery is open to the public. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All I don't know. Do you do it Pesach as well or not? We do Pesach. You course. oh, you stay up in Come Pesach. Come on, in wow. Pesach, it's you know, it's like a, it's, it's a big very, vacation. Time. It's very busy. It's very very busy. So people and can mainly, come. And many people from from here, right? Like they are coming. They come to you know for Israel for for the regalim for Pesach. They come to see the families. They come to enjoy. Right. It's a great time. Uh, you are very, very welcome. We have a visitor center that deal not only, not talk only about wine, also talk about the region, right. about the history. Great audio video. About, about yeah, the region, about the, the history. You right. can come um, get a VIP tour and to see the cave, the ancient cave that we found there, the, you know, the ancient coin, right. and, the, and, and you see ancient winery from the days of the Second Temple and everything, the old story. Yeah, I think it's it's a great thing. I mean, also, you know, some some families, some some groups, you have one that really are um, sugar about wine, that love right. wine, and they, I don't know, the, 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 the wife can be sugar about wine, and the husband not so much, and the kids maybe not at all. So they, can, they also can come because they will enjoy a lot of activities, not just wine, but the we try experience. to, exactly what we try to, exp- to connect wine to our heritage, to our, you know, to our roots, to everything. And all the guides and all the concierges, they know about Psagot Winery. I they, hope so. They if can not, help people with that, and obviously the website can help people yeah, as well. Yeah, it's easy. Listen, we are, we located 20 minutes from from the center, 25 minutes from the center of Jerusalem. Right. So it's really easy. It's, it's yeah, it's, I mean, it's Israel, you know, it's not New York. 
when I need to come to your office here, uh, you, take you, hours. Know, you know how much time, time it takes me, exactly. In Israel, you know, thanks God, still, still, it's easy. All right. First up, I heard someone mention the traffic situation being easy in Israel, but I guess compared to New York, it is. Yaakov Berg, Psygot Winery, he invites you, first of all, those of you who are in Israel, uh, during Pesach or at any point, you should check it out. We were there. It's amazing. We had a phenomenal show at the... Uh, Psygoat Winery. It's psygoatwines.com, P-S-A-G-O-T wines.com. And uh, and the blends that you mentioned, you want to run those two again by us? The names are the two blends? Yes, yes, the the Peak, the peak and the Edom. So check those out. Uh, and also the, uh, the rose. Psygoat Rosé, a very big item as well. All the retailers who are listening to me now have it, so people should yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You no walk doubt. in, no you'll doubt. get yes, it. Simple no as that. Well, good luck in Los Angeles. Thank you very much. So, Darabad, you stopped by this morning. We're going to end in Los Angeles. We're going to be also in uh, RJC, the RJC conference in uh, in Las Vegas. Wow. Yeah, for Shabbos. Yeah, fair. Yes. Uh, we need to, I mean, we need to promote Israel. We need to work for Israel. You know what? And I, and I will, you know, end by saying that we always, I always say that the best way to fight the BDS in all those uh, bad people, it's not just to explain to them that they are not good. That's not that's not the best way. The best way is to show them that. And from the most that, fun way. The most fun way <laughs> and the most successful way right. is to show them that after they came up with, the, with, the, with their stupid idea, with their anti-Semitic idea, we sell much more. Israel sell much more. Judea and Samaria sell much more. And that's the best. That's always used to be the Jewish way. We need to win, not to you know, not 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 to be to win in these discussions, to win in the in in, in the battlefield. That's the and best anti BDS. Exactly. Thank you so much. Again, I re- we really, you know, I love to come to you. Thank it's you. It's unbelievable. Thank you very much. Yaakov Berg, Psygoat Winery. Check it out online, psagotwines.com. That was my conversation with Yaakov Berg of the Psygoat Winery in Israel. Thanks so much for listening to JM Rewind here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Each week we get an opportunity to hear some of our uh, uh, top-rated guests that we had a chance to interview uh, during JM and the AM, and we listen to those conversations during JM Rewind. My thanks to all of you for tuning in. You are listening to the Nahum Siegel Network.
Hashem ha mevayra Kehidei in sheiru sot it's like 